welcome to the channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Well, we've got some rain that is moving in, which is causing for a slowdown, if not nothing more than a stop to harvest, which is good mentally for our producers out there. Give us a chance to regroup as we finish up this harvest season, which also gave them a little bit more time to digest the WASDE report that came out earlier today. We are going to look at what these numbers had to say. Do some comparisons. We know that we've been talking this entire growing season, how we were going to see definite differentiations when it came to yield results out of so many different states. We're going to get all the details today as Darren Fry joins us with Water Street Advisors. And first impression, what was your thought on the WASD report? Well, it wasn't uh, it wasn't negative other than the wheat, but corn and soybeans were somewhat supportive. The reaction was very supportive as we saw corn and wheat climb and obviously soybeans were up uh, substantially today. And so the reaction was way more friendly than what I thought the report was. But I think a lot of people came into this report planning for the worst. And when it didn't happen, then the reaction was to buy the market. So where do we go from here? I mean, the markets had a little bit of time to digest. But when you look, started out with this corn, did you see anything that really kind of popped out to you that might set the tone for the rest of the week? Well, corn needs to really clear this 499 and a half area, and it didn't do that yet. Maybe we get that close on Friday tomorrow above there. I'm really looking upwards even higher than that. I think a close over 507 uh, really would start to signal that maybe a bottom is in place. But I think the big thing for corn was we followed the September 29th inventory report through and we came down with the ending stocks, but the fact that they lowered the yield from the last report on the September WASI by about eight-tenths of a bushel opens the door for further declines here in November and into January. Got to remember that on the crop progress report reported on Tuesday as of Sunday, we we're only about 34% harvested on corn, so we got a lot more to go. There's been a pretty big low-pressure system moving through the western corn belt, uh, steady winds of 15 to 20, gusts of 30 to 40, even upwards of 50 in places. And I think that's going to lay a lot of corn down. So there are opportunities for this yield to come lower as we get into further subsequent reports. And so I think that has the corn market somewhat supported, but not, you know, confirming a low is in for the fall. But I think above 507, 510 area, maybe a guy could mark a low and stick a fork in uh, the bare side of corn here. Uh, until we see what Safrina does later this year. What have you heard when it comes to yield numbers for corn coming out of the field? Our corn numbers uh, are all over the place, right? Some people have better than expected, which doesn't tell you a whole lot because what did you expect, right? But if they have the uh, compared to last year, it's really helpful. And there are people making new uh, records out here, especially in the eastern Corn Belt. Illinois, quite a variation between, hey, the corn was down compared to last year. It's up compared to last year. Uh, it's a little bit uh, the same as last year. But as you move west of the Mississippi, uh, corn yields are definitely uh, less compared to the eastern Corn Belt. And so we have a lot of people reporting in our database with our clients with about 110 reporting right now are running around two and a half to three bushel worse than last year. And so if our clients were average, average to the national farmer uh, reporting in on that national yield, I'd have to say that 173.3 yield from last year 
would be tracking around that 170, 170 and a half level. So if that was the case, that means the USDA has some more room to come down over the next two reports, maybe another two to three bushel here, getting closer to 170. Would we see that possible change coming yet from them, or are we going to really have to wait until the January January report? Well, I think the November report could offer some more declines. We'll see how this storm works out. We'll see how much down corn there is. There is approximately, you know, 35, 40% of the entire corn belts can be affected by that storm that's coming through. And it's not hard to lose five or 10 bushel an acre where you get 30, 40 mile an hour wind gusts that, you know, you get these stocks that lodge right at the crown and can't get the snouts under them or those stocks break off when you're picking them. They sit on the front of the head and just fall under the head. So that happens. And so I'm not saying that's a train wreck, but it wouldn't be hard to lose a bushel or two in a storm that's that's widespread with that strong winds. And so they'll pick up on that kind of thing in the November report, but they'll really get it more precise as they get the farmer survey through December into that final January WASD that we'll see at the beginning of 24. All right. Soybean numbers, um, any surprises for you on the carryover? Well, a lot of people are expecting the carryover to be more. A lot of the commercials have been talking a bigger carryover because of poor demand. Uh, the government's already written down demand quite a bit from last year on the export side of things. And so I think people were kind of lean and pretty bearish coming in this report. And obviously the carryout number was 220. And we were expecting 236 on the average trade guess. They left it unchanged from the September WASD. And when you take a look at exports, they already are down, you know, over 200 million from last year. Last year, uh, 1992 were the exports. Uh, government's at 1755, down about 240 million. Uh, I think they'll come down some more as yields decrease. But right now, they already have accounted for a lot of this poor export demand. And so I think the market was caught off, you know, guard a little bit with that number and therefore rallied 30, 40 cents here to close the bean market today. So I want to come back and I want to talk a little bit about uh, more on these exports and get your spin as to what we're seeing in the delay coming across. But stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up as we continue to look at the WASDE report, see where we move from there. We know that there was some interesting numbers as well coming out from the wheat complex. We'll find out other factors that are affecting what we saw in the trade today, which, of course, brought us some higher numbers in the corn market. On the livestock side, it was some still higher numbers on the cattle trade, especially after the trade we saw of yesterday which brought some glimmer of hope for our producers. And even the hogs have turned themselves around a little bit. More is coming up. Stick around. It's the Channel Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Challenge. It's not something you shy from. It's a chance to up your game. Every day brings a new challenge. But with the Enhanced Channel Seed brand on your side, you can rise to it. With our top-performing seed, innovative digital tools, and expanded agronomic support, you can turn tomorrow's challenges into your next advantage. Your Enhanced Channel Seed brand. Let's rise to the challenge. Learn more at channel.com slash rise. Read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Welcome back to the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue our conversation with Darren Fry with Water Street Advisors. So we left off talking about the soybean market. And I'm curious, I mean, obviously, exports are nowhere near where we would like them to be. But I've also been doing some radio and talking about the dollar is really playing a big role in this as well, besides the politics of China and South America. Yeah, absolutely. The dollar continues to have strength. You know, we saw... 
a CPI number this morning that was a little bit above what people expected. In addition to that, we saw the PPI number yesterday be a little bit hotter than people were thinking it was going to be. That has us wondering what the feds will do at the FOMC meeting uh, coming up in November. Will they raise rates again? And I think that is a possibility because we're not, not getting ahead of inflation. And so uh, that has people jittery about the overall economy. But obviously, we keep worrying about a recession. But when you see the feds having to keep raising interest rates, it means that we still have people spending. We still have more money chasing fewer goods. And I know we talk about big credit card debt. We talk about how are we going to get through all of this. We have the fears of recession. And I think all that's going to play out. But I just don't think it's playing out uh, in the month of October or November or even December of 23. I think that's out in 24 when we see the economic activity cycle turn south. That's going to be somewhere between June and September of 24. Then I think it's going to matter. And that's about the time we see the election cycle uh, come to fruition. So uh, it'll be interesting 24, but for right now, I think it's a lot like the big short. If you ever watched that movie, uh, those guys were early. They knew that there was a problem with the mortgage market, but boy, it took a couple, two, three years before it all came home to roost. And I think we still got nine, 10 months here before we see things kind of flip upside down. So when we look at the wheat side of it, are we going to see continue tighter stocks for them globally? I think we are. You know, the wheat was a little bit bearish today just because they upped the yield so much on our hard red and our spring wheat. But overall, the world numbers came down here after the September 29th inventory report. Not much change from what the average trade estimate was for the world numbers. And when you take a look at what that means for the exportable stocks, to go out to countries that need to consume, need to buy wheat. I really think those things are, are, are those numbers are going to tighten up, especially when you see how the drought in Argentina is hurting their yield forecast and what we see going on in Australia. So I like the fact that um, you know we're, we're we're tight and that should help support wheat for higher prices, as well as Russia. You know, starts having problems exporting the tonnage out of there. From October on, that's because things turn cold, things freeze up, and they're not going to be dominant in the world export market during winter months like they were during spring, summer, and fall. So this all bodes well for higher prices here in wheat as we move into winter. What are your thoughts as we switch the page and look at the livestock? We've seen some stronger cash going on for this cattle market. Yeah, you know, the cattle, just very tight numbers and I thought we might get a further correction here, but uh, yesterday's action turned the D's higher. We saw follow through today. Um, I'm really talking to some folks that are really bullish uh, here for the next four to six weeks into Thanksgiving. Uh, December cattle could push up six, seven, eight bucks in that 195 area. I think it all comes down to the beef, and the beef seems to be on pretty solid footing here. And and if so, with the Packers uh, very close to the knife here. They might have to get pretty aggressive. And the feed yards are probably got the upper hand, the leverage right now as we come out of fall, uh, come out of the busy time for farmers. And so I think uh, I think look up here in the cattle and the feeder cattle market uh, through the, the middle of November. What about for the hogs? I mean, nice to see some green on the screen for them today. Yeah, you know, hogs are trying to go lower. You know, this Prop 12 thing is a big deal, but I'm pretty neutral hogs. I don't see a lot of downside here. It is the fourth quarter. Uh, we should see a, a beating take place in that time frame if you do have bearish news. 
but I'm more bullish longer term, especially out in the next year. And so uh, just not real bearish those. I'm not saying go buy them, uh, but I don't know uh, how a guy, um, you know, needs to have them hedged necessarily depending on your break evens. But if you need them hedged, uh, maybe puts are the best way to do that, just because I think there's upside in that market as well. All right. What's the one thing that you're looking at uh, heading into the rest of the week, into next week for either grain or livestock? I think we need to see follow through in these grains. You know, we're not out of the woods yet to the bear side. We have to see certain levels like 596 on wheat. We need to see, you know, 510, 511 here in the corn market, let's say. And we need to get beans over 1317. If that if that happens, I'm looking up. But I think those are key numbers. Uh, as far as livestock, can the lows hold and we move higher? Uh, that's kind of what I'm looking for here as we end the week and start into next week. All right. Best way for folks to get a hold of you, Darren. Well, they can look me up on Twitter, and that's at uh, Fry underscore WSS, or call us toll-free at 866-249-2582. All right, Darren Fry joining us today. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, not suitable to all investors. And that's the Channel Final Bell being brought to you by Channel Seed and your local Channel Seed professional on the World Radio Network.